1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special edition interview ahead of the NWSL semifinals, but first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter, at Attacking Third. Also, you can head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe youtube.com slash attacking third so you never miss a thing on today's episode we are joined by Morgan Gatra, two-time FIFA Women's World Cup champion midfielder for the United States Women's National Team and Chicago Red Stars and semi-final bound Morgan Gatra, welcome to the show how you
2: doing thanks for having me pretty good
1: we're hyped to have you I'm, you know me I'm always hyped to talk about all things Chicago so congratulations on making it into the postseason congrats on the big win over Gotham FC last week to move on into the semifinals of Cell. So I guess just to sort of start things off very easily, how are you feeling making it back into this postseason?
2: We're feeling great. You know, it's kind of strange having three games in the playoffs. Now it's kind of a bit of a new thing. So for us, it was almost like business as usual. You know, we, we want to get here. This is the goal is to get to the final. So to win this, this playoff game is kind of just, We expected it. We wanted it. Um, It's always been our goal the whole year. So, you know, for us, it was especially people who have been on this team and have been to the playoffs and made far runs. It almost just felt like, okay, you know, that was done. But now we're moving on to the next one. One game
0: down, hopefully two more to go for you guys, but I want to go back to the game against Gotham, um, just, just a little bit and, and kind of pick your brain on this one. Mallory Pugh, she gets the goal in around the 61st minute. So second half action, second half magic was there for you guys. Take me into the locker room at halftime. What, what kind of happened? What were the discussions there to come out in the second half and, and just a few minutes in 15 or so minutes in, get that go ahead goal against Gotham.
2: Yeah, I think it was a it was an interesting game. Uh, some of us were saying it was probably the most interesting game we played all year um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it was very much a, a chess match. We felt especially trying to basically neutralize each other's midfields. Um, and I felt like, you know, even having Scott as the, the coach on the other side, who's been around this team quite a bit this year um, it was interesting to kind of see the game plans unfold on both sides. Um, and I think a little bit in the first half we were, we were trying to play into almost their game plan. I think in the second half, we, we made some tweaks and changes and, and tried to exploit what they were trying to take away. Um, and so I think for us, it was a much better second half, um, for a number of reasons, but yeah, I think for us, anytime we get a goal like that, uh, we do really well in terms of momentum shifts and, and being able to stay on top of teams
1: maybe just looking ahead a little bit now in terms of what that win meant for the team just mean, meant that you have to go on the road now to Portland and face the Thorns shield winners. They've been racking a lot, up a lot of titles in this 2021 uh, season. Uh, how is, how are the Reds are sort of um, preparing for this Thorns team ahead of the semifinals as, as opposed to, to preparing for a team like Gotham?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for us, it's kind of every single week is similar in terms of preparation and, and, no matter who we're playing, obviously there's film, there's breaking it down, analyzing ourselves and then trying to get better um, and obviously focusing on ourselves a lot. But I do think uh, heading into the weekend, well, you know, what are we now? 30 something games in to the season. So for us, it's, it's just fine tuning things and being focused. And obviously with the playoffs, there's just that heightened awareness of what we're doing and what these games mean. And so I think for us, we're just going to continue to do what we've been doing all year. Um, and obviously last time we were at Providence park, it, it didn't go so well for us. So I think we're, you know, have that little bit of edge and chip on our shoulders and going back there.
1: For yourself personally, um, you know, this is, this is Chicago's sixth consecutive appearance to, to an NWSL semifinal for you. It's going to be your, your fourth participation with the team. Have you found any, like differences uh, in preparations now in 2021 versus maybe in semifinals past with this roster?
2: Yeah, I think there's a a core group that have been to a lot of playoffs in this team. And I think you can feel that around the group. Um, It's almost kind of a feeling of we've all been here for the most part and you can experience it, especially with my first experience in the playoffs. I remember it was, you know, I was with the dash before who I don't think have made the playoffs. And so Uh, It was definitely a new experience, and I think there's definitely a bunch of players on this team who haven't experienced that yet, but for the most part, the core group and people who have been here for a long time have, and I think that you can feel that amongst the group. Um, And it was great in terms of Mal and Kalia uh, and some others who haven't gotten experience in the playoffs to to get that in this past game. And I think that's kind of done and dusted and hopefully we can move forward from that. And um, obviously we have a great team and a great group of players who are very experienced in a bunch of different big games and, and big game environments.
0: You are a midfielder for Chicago. And as you alluded to before uh, in a lot of matches, it comes down to neutralizing the midfield or seeing which midfield can can battle and come out on top. So there's a lot of individual battles that happen throughout the 90 minutes, but also midfield battles as a unit. So when you look at your midfield compadres, uh, Sarah Waldmo, Vanessa DiBernardo, uh, Danny Colaprico, all those other players that you play with alongside in the midfield ahead of a semifinal match like this. What are those conversations between the other middies on Chicago?
2: Um, honestly, it's kind of dependent on the match. And I feel like, especially as a midfield group, you have to morph into what the game needs from you. Um, especially especially in my position sometimes I you know need to be more defensive. Um, sometimes I can get more into the attack and and vice versa with even some of the other midfielders on the team. So I think sometimes it's just realizing what the game needs from you at the moment um And you know especially there's a lot of ins and outs in terms of playing home or away or who you're playing an opponent and how they play. So I think for us it's just been we we have focused a lot on being, <laughs> defensive minded. And I think being really tough to break down and really hard to beat. And I think since we've focused on that a lot and we have been very hard to break down and, and tough to beat um, defensively, especially in the midfield. And, and obviously I think we're attacking minded players at heart and, and love to do that. So I think that's what comes easier to us. Um, but at the same time, I think we've focused on both sides of the ball A lot and tried to bring our best selves, because like you said, if your midfields are doing well and they're running, your team is running through them, then you have a good chance of winning a game.
1: I'm glad you brought up uh, the defensive aspects uh, for for Chicago because just sort of maybe narrowing in on, on the recent form for for the Red Stars, you know, it's been it's been narrow scorelines, it's been defensive shutouts, you know, three well, what was it one zero scorelines ending into the quarterfinal for Chicago. Um, how would you evaluate sort of uh, the communication um, between the midfield and, and the backline? How has that developed uh, throughout the course of this year?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's developed in a large way. I think we have really progressed and I think it's probably the most improved part of our game and our team this year. Um, and when you look at the beginning form of our team versus to where we are now, um, like I said, we're very hard to break down. And I think that comes from communication first between the backline and the midfield and just having a, an awareness and understanding of each other's strengths and, and weaknesses and, and kind of, all being on the same page of knowing exactly what we want to do defensively. Um, But like you said, I think for us, we've been extremely tough defensively to play against. And at the same time, I feel like we've created a lot of good chances um, and sure chances. But I think that for us moving forward, those sure chances that we do create, we need to start putting away for sure. And to be a a good playoff team going in and and take those chances when we have them, because like you said, we've, we've really focused defensively. Um, And then to obviously once we get the ball be dangerous going forward. And I think we've done a good job of both of those things. And we've, we've put away our chances better as the season's gone on.
1: Talk to me a little bit about maybe the, the individual like, um, chemistry between maybe Sarah Gordon and yourself, just sort of her as that, uh, right center back, she's really kind of emerged as, as a bit of a, of a leader for the team kind of on and off the pitch in, in recent years. And, and you yourself, you know, you've worn the armband a few times for, for the team on the pitch. Um, and for, for Sarah, you know, she's a current defender of the year candidate. How, how big is that relationship sort of been in terms of the spine on, on the pitch between the two of you?
2: Yeah, I think it's been massive. And, you know, for us, it's, it's been probably if we're playing games, her and I have played probably the most together um, consistently between midfields and the backs. So I think for us, we've been able to create a really good chemistry on the field, Um, you know, and and communication why she knows exactly what I need from her and, and I know what she needs from me. And I think we do well to kind of play off each other in that, in that sense. But I would say that I think our, our spine between Tierna and you know people who have played in the back line and Sarah Gordon and, and Sarah Waldmo and others who have played in those positions um have almost created that really four block right there that's really tough to get into and, and tough to break down. So I think, you know, just Sarah and her presence, her speed, um, and obviously Tierna the same and and just like Sarah Waldmo, I think she's done amazing coming here and And I think Danny as well, when she's come in and, and everyone's been really good together. And I think obviously playing with each other for a longer period of time has helped build that chemistry.
0: Defensively, it is a lock, like you mentioned, but also higher up the pitch, Chicago's been able to put away a lot more chances, especially in the second half of this season. Um, and, and particularly for me, I look at a player like Mallory Pugh, um, who's been able to grow and really find a little bit of freedom and creativity in the attacks. You put away her chances and, and even get shots on goal. Um, for you as her teammate who plays behind her, maybe a little bit more defensively behind her, um, what have you seen from Mallory you and how she's grown and and improved as a player throughout this season.
2: Yeah, I think she's been, you know, very good for us um, for a number of reasons, but I think, like you said, she does a great job of finding those pockets and turning and then using her speed and her technical ability to, to pretty much dice through teams and, and create chances for us. And which has been, was it, huge. And I think, you know, Kaylee up there as well. And Rachel Hill, Mackenzie Donia, Katie Johnson, all the people who have come in up top have have played well off of her, um, you know, and made runs and allowed her to, to exploit the space that people leave. Um, So I think, yeah, she's done, she's done very well. And I think towards the end of the season, now she's getting more and more comfortable around the box and being able to finish those chances, which has been huge for this, for our team.
1: Uh, Morgan, we like to sort of close out our our interviews here for these playoff edition episodes with a a little bit of fun. And I think for... You know, Chicago being one of the teams that have had to kind of face you know, potentially three games in front of them, as opposed to just heading on straight into the semifinal. We've been asking everybody who's been coming on in terms of like their special preparation for the playoffs, uh, a number of different uh, fun questions. So for you as yourself, you've had experience in in preparing for playoffs. Is there something outside of getting to the pitch, getting to trainings, going in skirmishes that you have to have as part of your NWSL playoff experience is there a meal that you have to have is there a go-to snack that you immediately have to hit up pre or post training like let us know
2: honestly no i really have always told myself that i don't want to get into a routine or like superstitions because if they don't happen then you kind of stress yourself out or you think about it. So to me, I say, let's just go with it. We free flow and what happens happens. And that's how I've always kind of been with that stuff.
0: Do you have a preference for like a pregame meal or like a postgame meal? Not anything superstitious, but just like something you're like, yeah, this fuels me up. Or like, I love a cheeseburger after the final whistle.
2: Yeah, I would say if I'm home, I always go to real, real good food. So that's that's my pregame meal. What's been my go-to this year before games? Um, okay,
0: I'm not been- from Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. What is this?
2: Uh, it's like a really healthy smoothie-like place, but it has bowls and yeah, it's just like a healthier place that you can go get food or juices or smoothies or anything like that.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's that, and I've I've had that before every home game. So but obviously you can't have that on the road. So I that's why I don't get stuck on something because you can't yeah. always have it on the road or, you know, the same. So
1: It's true though. You got to mix it up. You got to keep it fresh. Uh, I do have a, a, a follow-up to maybe sort of close out. <laughs> Another thing that is sort of, like, is that Milo?
0: <laughs> do we have a cameo from a, we have a, a cameo dog? Adorable. My- adorable.
2: He was waiting for me to be done. That's so
1: funny because (laughs) the follow-up was going to be, how is Milo preparing for (laughs) the (laughs)
2: playoffs? He's preparing. We're going to leave him here with someone to watch him, and hopefully they put a jersey on him and he cheers for us.
1: I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> Exciting. Um, you know, something that sort of followed you uh, early in the beginning of this season is a bit of a joke was the nickname of the butcher. And I'm just curious of now in November, because that was really early in the season, has that still followed you this season?
2: It's more of a joke between teams. <laughs> um, so no, I think I have hopefully lost that name. Um <laughs> Because for me, I had a lot of yellow cards at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, I never, I never hit the five through the rest of the year. So I guess it kind of trailed off, which is probably, but it is a running joke within the team and it is pretty funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. Well, Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us and listening today. We want to thank you, Morgan, for joining us on the podcast good luck this weekend. Thanks to Morgan Gatrad. Now here from her semi-final midfield competition Angela Salem from the Portland Thorns.
3: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Today's episode, we are joined by Angela Salem, the midfielder for Portland Thorns and 2021 MVP candidate. Welcome to the show, Angela. How are you doing?
4: Thank you. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: We are super hyped to chat with you. Uh, We've been covering the league so closely this, this year, and uh, Portland specifically, uh, constantly g- picking up results, doing amazing things uh, on and off the pitch. Congratulations on on winning the NWSL shield with Portland clinching the number one spot and the bye week. So I guess just like the top heavy question, just long season. For you with with Portland going all the way, stemming all the way back, you know, in February preseason, this is the longest NWSL season for many players. Uh, I'm sure you can attest to that as someone who has been in the league since its inaugural season. So in, in your perspective, you know, from from way back early in 2021 to now heading into the semifinals, how, how has the journey been for you? And so for this year
4: is what you're talking about since the beginning of 2021.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This has
4: been a really long season. Um, I think everyone kind of feels that right now too. It's just, uh, we know it's like the home stretch, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think how far we've come and obviously with preseason looking a little different and it was like a really long preseason and then having the challenge cup, which is actually, it was like five or six, you know, more additional games on top of the 24 game season. So Um, it definitely takes its toll a little bit. And then with the ICC tournament that we had, um, with two more games, so it's been quite a journey. I think it's been really cool though, because, um, all of this has presented opportunities for a lot of different players to play in the games, which I think is really important. And then to win the shield and feel all that hard work since the beginning of the season and to kind of like rest and recover a little bit before the semis has been like really important, um, for this team. And yeah, it's been quite a journey, but it's been, it's been fun with this group.
0: Quite a journey, a long season that, that you really did attest to. Um, and, and traditionally Portland top of the table team winning the shield and, and being really successful throughout this season. How, how, how is Portland so consistent, so successful? What's, what's the secret sauce and the ingredient here?
4: Oh man. Well, I do feel like our journey started like last year with like and a lot of new players and, um, a new formation. And I think people saw a struggle a little bit in the Challenge Cup last year because it was new, and then the fall series we started to kind of put it all together. And then coming into this year, um our team really wanted to build off of that. And then in addition to that, we were very like culture focused, heavy with like good players, good people. Like, what are our values? Like, what what are our goals? Like, what do we want to achieve? And then there's just this complete buy-in from the team and the staff. And I just think this group is truly special and we genuinely like one another. Um, and just having that kind of support, um, and environment, uh, is, yeah, it just, I think makes everyone better. And I think you can kind of see that with the results cause it hasn't been easy. Like we've been, we've definitely been up and down too, and, but we've been able to pull through and, um, I think that's, what's yeah, made Portland special this year.
1: You know, and. When- Looking at this 2021 regular season, uh, I'm sure you can attest to this because you've had a lot of playing experience in this league and, and had a lot of different looks with different clubs, right? Uh, but something about this season that we've all been paying attention to was it has been some of the parody, which has often been the conversation around NWSL. It's always touted as like the most competitive league in the world, right? Um, but we saw these playoffs sort of get settled in these final like two weeks of the season, really. So uh, I was wondering if you could just sort of maybe give me your perspective on sort of bearing witness to to this kind of back and forth between so many teams in, in, in the competition.
4: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been a crazy year, but I think it's like so exciting for the league because um, I just think the competition is so strong across every team, um, which just shows also like the growth of the league, um, the growth of the players, and I think – yeah, you're starting to see like more new faces and younger players who also are now getting the experience and um, you never know what, like every game is a hard game and it doesn't matter where anyone is in the table. And I feel like this year, especially it's like, you, you don't ever, you don't ever go into games thinking like, Oh, we got this. It's like, all right, we're going to have to battle and like fight for this. And um, I just think that's really cool because it just shows the level of talent um, in this league. And then, um, I think moving forward, it's just going to keep growing. It's like awesome for the growth of the league moving forward.
1: So narrowing in a little bit on, on these, on these playoffs, the thorns clinch that shield finally right secure number one seed what that means is ultimately you guys get to host the the home playoff uh and and earn that bye week right which we've heard uh, we we spoke to Jess Fishlock a little bit about it and she kind of joked about the importance at her age of having uh that that bye week and then what it feels like so (laughs) so so talk to us a little bit about it like does that bye week for for someone like like you or other players on the team um how essential or unessential is that or what were you up to you just sort of use it as some time to like relax a little bit. Did you get a chance to catch up on some reading? well what, what was the end of the bye week like?
4: Oh man, I mean, I just think one, it's just like incredible to win the shield. You know, I think like I've been playing for so long now, and this is only the second time I've been able to win that. So I think just in general, it's just an incredibly difficult thing to do. So, um but having said that, that also takes like a toll on your body, and especially the last. I think like two weeks of the season was wild for everyone because of the rescheduled game. So it's like we had three or four games smashed into to two weeks. So I think everyone was feeling, uh, you know, a little rundown, little injuries, especially like Jess said, as an older player, you kind of like need a little bit of a break to recover and feel better. But I think our team has really just taken this time to like focus on ourselves and start um, kind of – yeah, getting sharper in certain areas that we know that we need to get sharper in and just kind of build confidence and build off what we can do and what we bring and are just really taking the focus for ourselves to get better, to recover, (laughs) to feel good. So that when we train this week, um, you know, then we can kind of start to focus on Chicago a little bit more,
0: a little bit of rest, a little bit of ice bath, eating really well. Yes
4: with training and yeah, starting to like get your touches and your groove back. And yeah, it's go time again.
0: <laughs> it is uh, all part of the plan and and really a nice week that Portland and you have to rest and and have that little bit of recovery. But now as you and your team start to get back into the thick of training and preparing for a semifinal match, what's what's kind of the vibe around the training room and, and on the practice pitch um, now that it's a little bit of that crunch time, go time ahead of the si- semifinal.
4: Yeah. I mean, we just came back. We had um, yesterday off, so we just came back in today and I feel like the energy was so great. I think everyone's really excited. Um, I think there's also uh, this level of relief knowing who we're playing now because before it's like we don't know who we're playing. How do we prepare? What are we expecting? But now like we know um, so we can start to really focus on um. Yeah. Where we're going to train during the week. So I just think everyone's really excited and just having a home game and playing in front of our fans is also really special. So we know it's going to be a hard game. We know that it's going to be like a battle, but to do that at home and to compete for, you know, a semifinal win is, is really special. So it's, it's been really good energy starting today.
1: Looking at things maybe from like the, the midfield perspective, right. Going looking at the opposition for uh, the Chicago red stars is do you feel like there's similar threads there in terms of how uh, the midfields operate or do you feel like that maybe there's some more opportunity there for, for the thorns as you guys go up against the uh, Chicago?
4: Yeah. Well, Chicago's midfield is like, is incredible. Um, and they're really experienced as well. Um, so I think it's just going to be a really good battle in there. Um, they did change their tactics against us. Like the last time we played them uh, which presented a different picture that we struggled to you know, solved pretty early. It wasn't our best game. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, one of those games where we know going in, we're going to have to be sharp. We're going to have to, um, yeah, be on our top game and focus because they have a quality midfield. They're really good at like receiving on the half turn. That's what I've noticed um, a lot. They combine well to each other and they're kind of in this groove right now too, where they're winning games and doing really well. So I think I'll present a really good challenge, but one that I know our midfield is up for, and that's kind of what we get excited about. So yeah, I think it'll be really exciting um, to be a part of and probably for fans to see.
1: Uh, Mark Parsons and, and and your teammates have all sang your praises uh, this year in terms of, of that midfield and sort of helping anchor it and hold things down. And all of a sudden it sort of led to some more chatter about MVP candidacy. And then the list comes out for official MVP candidates. <laughs> and your name is across with, with four other uh, players in the league. So first again, congratulations on that, but you know, maybe you, what were some of your thoughts when you saw your name on that list?
4: Oh gosh. Yeah. So I got like the email the night before it was released and I like froze and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, what? So I had to reread it again. I'm like, am I reading this? Right. So I was definitely in shock. Um, I just think, like I understand my role as a player, you know, and it's not one that always stands out and it's not flashing. I'm not scoring a lot of goals. And I think if you look at the list, I feel like I'm definitely the outlier because I'm not like an attacking player. I'm a defensive mid. Um, But I just think it's, it's just really cool to be recognized in that position. And I think my teammates and like the fans have done an awesome job kind of highlighting the things that I do and, I just feel really grateful to just be in the mix, you know, it's really cool and (laughs) for it to come so, so long after like I've been in the league, you know, it's like really weird timing, but, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, really nice. But obviously, you know, I think the team has helped put me in this position. So really, it's all thanks to them.
0: I mean, you said it best, Angela. It's not often that defenders get highlighted for all their great work. I'm a former defender. So I understand it's so much of the nitty gritty that goes into it. Is it a little bit like, um, I mean, you're so humble and modest about how you do, but when you look at all of the work any defensive midfielder does in the game of soccer specifically across this league against other opposing midfielders that have such attacking presence is it kind of like yeah let's shed a little light on the the defensive middies in the league right
4: yeah no I think there's this like underlying respect that all defensive mids have for each other like we got this you know but I do think I do think like team like teams for as long as I have played, like all of my teammates have like appreciated me, I feel like, and they acknowledge things that I do. And I can imagine that happens for like every defensive mid on their teams. And um yeah, I think it's really cool. I think there's also this like understanding of the game that a lot of people have now that's like it, you know, defensive mids are this is their role and this is how it's done. And if you can do it at a really high quality, it allows other people to be able to do do what they do. And it's the same with defenders, like you mentioned, like I don't defenders do incredible jobs all the time. And I feel like they might not get the recognition they deserve to. So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to be a part of.
0: Well, the league shedding a little bit of light, uh, nominating you and having you be one of the MVP finalists, but also the Rose city riveters, you were named the supporter of the year for them. Um, a huge accomplishment. How, how did that come about? How did you hear about that? Get that award. Tell us a little bit about receiving that and hearing that from the supporters group. Oh. <laughs>
4: I get so uncomfortable when I talk about these things. Um, uh, Yeah, it was that one was really, really cool. Um, Just because I feel like a lot, like my teammates too, like kind of put that out there and just to feel support from your teammates. And then for like the city, like one like Portland, it's I'm sure there was like so many votes, you know. And I think I've been getting some attention with how I've been playing, but I think there's so many other players on our team who have been like exceptional this year. And so I know, like, I'm sure there was a ton of other people voted um, for that. And so to be chosen as the one was like really cool for me uh, just because I do think our team is incredible and there's so many people who could have won it. So yeah, that was definitely a surprise. I, you know, that was, um, that was really awesome.
1: (laughs) Here's maybe like a a better thing. I noticed that like for sometimes players like to talk more about their teammates versus actually talking about themselves a little bit. And like the timing of, of us sitting down and having a chat with you, the U.S. roster recently got released uh, for the Australian games. Bella Bixby uh, getting a call up there. Uh, it's going to be the first time she's kind of getting into the mix here. Uh, she's somebody that has really grown up really just uh, with this Portland Thorns side, um, has had to step into a very important role as goalkeeper on the pitch. You all. Can you speak a little bit to sort of how that relationship with the goalkeeper, the, the defensive back line and, and you as a teammate uh, has sort of evolved over the, this 2021 season?
4: Yeah. So Bella is incredible. I'm like super pumped for her and Morgan because Morgan also got a first call up, but, um, I have been here since Bella's gone here and just to see her evolve as a goalkeeper has been super cool just because you saw it in her first year, like how incredibly talented she was and how much potential she has. And then obviously with Nadine's coaching, she's just kind of like thrived and like taken off. Um, and I think, you know, when they traded ad i feel like bella knew like i need to like step up and like cement myself and like take on this new leadership role for the team and i think she totally embraced that which is a really like scary and hard thing to do especially because she's still really young um but to see her like become more confident to be more comfortable to start like commanding the back line and like me a lot like vocally has been um a really cool experience and she's made everyone better and it's just this uh This feeling when she's in the net, like she's just going to grab everything or she's going to stop everything. And as a player, that's like super validating because you're not like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? It's like, she's going to get it. And I have confidence in that. So I'm so excited for her. I think the call up is so deserved and um, she's going to do an incredible job. And she's also a really good person, which like tops it off.
1: Right now, we've been having these these playoff interviews with with all kinds of uh, different players on attacking third in preparation for all of the games coming up. And we've been sort of having some fun to close out the episode. So for for you, I'm going to we're also going to present some some of the similar uh, questions But in, in terms of going into a big game like this a semi-final and nwl playoff game is there something that's part of your playoff preparation or just even general game day preparation that is like essential do you have what is like the one snack you have to have like pre or post training or something maybe a superstition that you kind of carry with you throughout this kind of stuff
4: right uh it's a starbucks cold brew <laughs> every it's like i have my coffee in the morning i have breakfast and then come like 5 pm if it's a seven o'clock game, like I need to have my cold brew and then team like makes fun of me because I start to hit a high, like in the locker room and I'm like, you know, all energetic. So that is the one thing that I need to have on game day every time.
1: Oh, wow. You love to hear. Look, if the, if the, <laughs> if if the, if the Rose City Riveters uh, awarded you with, with a uh, player of the year, I hope they're listening and they also <laughs> like reward you with some cold brew for, for the next yeah. day. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us and listening uh, to us today. I I want to thank you, Angela, for for joining us. Good luck uh, this weekend. Quick reminder for everyone to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're available as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we will be back Friday with more playoff buildup and preview of the semifinals this Sunday, November 14th for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Angela Salem. This was Attacking Third.
5: Okay, picture this.